Rory is back. Who are you backing? Watch this. Hello and welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills and today I'm joined by Sam Williams. Hello. And Bruce Fitzpatrick. Good day. Gentlemen, how are we? It feels like ages since I've seen you and a lot has happened in the golfing world. Yeah, it's not been long enough actually. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot has happened. And actually one of the most exciting Sunday nights. Even I was tuning into the golf last night. So unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, being able to flip between Walker Cup and PGA Tour and not get too many Peloton adverts um interspersed. Or erectile dysfunction. Uh in with the golf. Yeah, not to yeah, not to forget that one as well. well I think they've pulled their advertising, I'm guessing, haven't they, Peloton? They've dialed um, back a little bit in the last few weeks. Oh, after the, yeah. yeah, of course, there's a lot, lot of litigation going on there in the United States. But no, I am doing well, actually. And I think there's plenty to get into on this pod, isn't there? So, I mean, Mills, without wanting to take your role away, I feel like I've, just go nuts. <laughs> I've ac- accidentally already done that. <laughs> what are we going into first? Because we've know. got a lot to cover Come here. Come on, yeah. So, Mills, well, Mills your chair. PGA, Come on. Kick it off in, in your the, usual style. In, in the whole of this podcast, we need to discuss our recent tour. So the three yeah. days, four days that we spent up in Scotland, which is part two sure. of our Old Tom tour. We need to talk about the Walker Cup, and we also need to talk about Rory is back, which is backing. backing. So Rory's back, so we need to make sure we talk about that. But um, we've just been up in Scotland. Uh, it would re- be remiss not to um, give a huge shout-out to the official, unofficial sponsor. That's of my this segment. Podcast. You can't just steal my segment. Like that. No, I think you're doing quicker. a much better job. You're doing a much better job, Mills. Carry on. You got to button quicker if you're going to do it. Uh, Sam, I'll leave, I'll let you, let you do the copy. Well, you know, I, I, we've got to we, we've got to thank our sponsors, Bud Light, um, who supported us up in Scotland during those four days. Um, we were chopping cold ones for um, a good few hours in the evening at Castle Stewart, which was nice after a long, heavy day of filming, droning. I found it particularly taxing with the camera work. Um, I don't know about you, Bruce, but it, it, was a, it was a hard few days. We had a fantastic trip. And, of course, the other unofficial sponsor of the pod, Castle Stewart, for putting us up. What a place that was, the lodge that we got to stay in. Um, Very good indeed. What was it Was it Bud did that you were particularly impressed with for the, for the sponsorship? It just comes in at the right price for me. Um, mm. I mean, not that you Tesco, not, not that you know actually, not that you know because I was the one who was sent to Tesco to go I and buy. I know how much Bud Light costs. Yeah, it's not uh, enough uh, for you to uh, chase the money back from yeah. me at this stage. I mean, no, it, yeah, we'll we'll absolutely ignore the fact that I didn't have a bottle and you and Tom just came through the lot. But yeah, it was a. Well, we'll um, look forward to seeing the expense claim come through. So when you file your expenses, then we'll be able to mm. you know we'll be able to reimburse mm. you. But that you know the price point is solid. I mean, mm. you, you're picking up twenty of these things for ten pounds. Tesco, I think you know with the with the actual vendor of the product but yeah just you know we, we cleared mm. through a few of them didn't we um so well what they do really well i think they what they do really well is they kind of put the product you know at eye level clever stuff you know it's like you see it you're like, oh that's okay I'll, I'll spend my money on that but it's Fair good stuff. beer as well it's just piss water isn't it to be fair it's nice to chop a few cold ones mm. in the evening so um so that was good and then obviously Good, good jumping off point to talk about our, our time in Scotland. So um, just run us through the itinerary, one of you pair. 
So we went up in Scotland, went up to Scotland, and uh, we went to Cullen, Cullen Links, uh, not to be confused with Gullen, completely different parts of the country. So if you're going to try and go to one, you end up in the other, you, you will be in a pickle. Um, and we did Castle Stewart, Dornock, and The Nairn. The Nairn, which I still don't understand. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree it's Nairn, isn't it, really, for people mm-hmm. in the know? Yeah, we've been corrected a few times. Drop um, I mean, crikey, we we could spend ages just talking about these, but, but we won't. Um, but yeah, Cullen... let's zero in on Cullen and Nairn, actually, because I think we, yeah, the others we, we we perhaps talked about in in yeah. in yeah. a previous pod. And I thought, I mean, Cullen, which is where we obviously started, par sixty three, four thousand nine hundred yards, forty nine hundred, three hundred. Four thousand three hundred. Four thousand three hundred. And I, I thought mean we were Sam, on legit you know, fifty nine watch. You thought we were on fifty nine watch driving up there, didn't you? Um and yeah, you, you will be sadly mistaken, won't you, when mm. you arrive and you realise there's ten par threes, about six of which play over two hundred yards, one of which is two hundred and sixty yards. One one par three is hundred and twenty yards with about a hundred yards of elevation. It's... Yeah, yeah. And, and there's <laughs> plenty where you blind. just literally can't see the green. Um, yeah. But what a quirky, fun course. I mean, mm. yeah, I, I didn't have huge expectations going in just because I didn't know that much about it. But um, just a really cool place to play, like right, you know, right on the sea there with a really nice kind of community feel as if it's genuinely part of the local community and it's it's totally accessible to people who want to go and play it and quite sort of rustic and um you know not much manicuring going yet going on there but just a, a really cool quirky course to go and to go and play not to be one of the most spectacular views you will play in golf i mean it, it's one of those where let's face it it's past 63 you gen, you genuinely think this is the best chance of having around in the 60s you're ever going to have but none of it matters when you're playing golf like it, you know you can't really play a, an honest medal round there because you know, it's quirky, it's funky. The ball bounces in different directions. I mean, there was no chance of getting any zip on the approach shots. But none of that mm. matters. It's just great fun. I think we played a bit of 2v2 match play, didn't we? Um, and it's got to be one of the most picturesque courses you can play. The view's sensational. That little bowl mm. that sort of has most of the holes with the with the kind of two sandstone, you know, kind of outcrops that you have to play. I mean, those, those par three holes, is, is it about... I want to say it's like 10, 11, 12, something like that. You hit basically, you pay back to back par three holes blind through the rocks. Yeah. I mean, you never, you never get that anywhere else, will you? They were yeah. truly and they're all about 200 and they're all blind. And you just like, okay, what do I hit 200? Hit that and pray. Yeah. You had, your short game, your yeah. short game had to be dialed. If you're going to score there, your short game had to be dialed. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Because you had no idea if you hit the green. Up. But we had great weather and actually, I mean, it was funny because um, it was quite pleasant. We, I think we were all playing in, in short sleeves and then, um, you know, within about 24 hours, that northern f- weather front just rolled in. And by the time we rolled around to Nairn a few days later, stood on the tee at seven o'clock in the morning, minus three with wind chill. It was just a far cry from, mm. from what we'd had at Cullen, wasn't it? Scottish biblical, I think it's been referred to in previous tour films. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's Scottish now an accepted sort of meteorological term but um yeah <laughs> is it michael fish biblical. he's the meteorologist isn't he michael fish mm, yeah I think he'll so. be playing scottish <laughs> biblical on icn i'm sure um man cool man great place i really really yeah. really like man got a lot of history 
And I think the obvious mm. place to start on Nairn is if anyone is going to Nairn, you almost categorically need to make sure that above all else, including playing golf, you need to try and see the archive room because it is yeah. the most magnificent place that I have seen in golf to date. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough to be shown around and, and to interview, in fact, Alistair McIntosh. Um, and I believe six, c- six nicknames, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We weren't sure whether to call him. Yeah, the Alistair was like, oh, yeah, you're seeing Alistair. Tosh, Mackie. Toshi. <laughs> McIntosh. Toshi. We were just like, okay, well, we don't know which one of those to call him. But no, Alistair was very, very hospitable and a fantastic host and just this great sort of yeah, there was a wealth of information that he was able to, to share with us. And I understand there's a, a, a handful of other people who are involved quite heavily with the Nairn archive. You know, it's a serious golf club when you can call, you can legitimately say, yeah, we have an archive. <laughs> um, it was a legit archive as well. This wasn't like yeah. a room with a few books. It yeah. was spectacular. And I couldn't believe they'd only started putting that together in 2007. Was yeah. It? yeah. 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 That's not that long for what is... Mm documenting anything related like the depth hugely yeah stupidly good hugely impressive and um yeah i mean it's just quite quite moving actually i found to be sat in a room like that surrounded by all these kind of great feats and you know old gutty balls and um loads of club makers from the professional and it was great to go out and play the course having sort of heard so much about it and it's obviously hosted amateur championships and walker cups and um to go out and uh, pl- play it there the following day albeit in slightly cool temperatures you can see why it's such a such a brilliant test of golf it was a proper test of golf as well it was yeah yeah tricky as hell off the tee let's face it like you had to slot driver didn't you there, yeah. there was no yeah. getting away from it you've got to hit you've got to hit the ball well didn't feel like an arduous walk though. I mean, fairly, as you would like to say, Sam, fairly level topography, but, um, mm. it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't an arduous walk at all. It was just a really, really sort of fair test of golf. And I think it got a little bit more generous up by the, by the greens, didn't it? But certainly mm. off the tee. Yeah. There's a few, few tee shots where you really got to kind yeah, of think, think your way around and slot it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was flat. It was, it was flat, but it was topographically interesting in the hole, wasn't it? It was never really a flat hole. It was very undulating and very rumpled, but it was... Uh, it it was wasn't fairly... tiring on the legs, yeah. No, it wasn't, wasn't flat. It wasn't hard to walk it at all. And, and also, I mean, it's the whole really section of, of Scotland there is fairly exposed and the wind was up and it was... I mean, my golf doesn't really hold down to wind, Um and some, for some reason, it gives me the shanks. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but I had a horrid time in Scotland with my swing. But the, I can't blame it on the golf courses. The golf, the golf courses were, were fabulous. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I'd say is obviously the amateurs there, I think, in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't know what coverage there will be of the event. Now, the, I mean, the Twitter feed was actually pretty good from the RNA last year at Birkdale be quite interesting mm. to actually watch some of that particularly around um Stuart, the the manager at castle Stewart, is also a member at nairn he's talking about it it's like amen corner those holes where you play up the hill and back round. you've got the tough path three down the hill and then mm. the stretch in's pretty brutal um mm. that'll be really good to watch particularly in a match play environment um so yeah, yeah we had an amazing time big thank you to where golf began for 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 putting us up and and some films inbound as part of the old Tom series. The the only a, a neat little segue I thought into the Walker Cup action, which we're going to start to talk about now. But it was, it was at Nain. It was at Nain where I was looking up at the board. I went to the pro shop and had a look at it, and 
I think I said out loud and the pro heard me and swiftly put me in, in, in my, my place. Well, I looked at the board and said, John Spider Miller. And I said, how baller have you got to be to have your nickname on a board? And he said, actually, I think you'll find it to be called Spider since he was a knee-high to a grasshopper. And so weird how these things come around because I was, um, was on Instagram and I was scrolling through and Brad Faxon, I think, puts up a, a picture on Instagram. He's oh, it's me and Spider Miller at the, with the Walker Cup in Seminole. And I was like, mm, okay, yeah, uh, I probably should I feel like an idiot. But I had no just- idea that was his nickname. I'd, I'd never heard well, that. That's his name, yeah, Spider Miller. Yeah. Great um, Walker Cupper. But, but a neat segue. We got one, one injured amateur at, uh, at the Nairn, and we seem to have a few sick at the Walker Cup. So um, are we, who's, who's going to kick us off with the Walker Cup seminar? Where do we want to start? Do we want to start the course? Do we want to start the virus? Start, I think we have to start with, start with, let's start with the virus, actually. Let's yeah, chronologically, if we take it chronologically, I mean. I don't know yeah. what's happened here. So someone's going to have to fill me in, apart from the fact that it's coming out of both ends for the majority of the players. What has happened? Well, I are think you basically summarised it there, haven't you? Yeah, they've ruled out food poisoning, but they said it, it basically um, affected every player plus captain uh, yeah. to varying degrees. And I mean, it's fairly epic if it's both ends and stopping you going out in the golf course. I mean, Joe it's Lowen, norovirus, isn't it? Probably. Is that, you know what it sounds like? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I mean, some some of these players will only play in one Walker Cup their entirety of their lives. Um, you know, they, they'll target a walk. Some players target a Walker Cup and then want to go straight pro because that's the, they've achieved what they want to achieve and go. But how shit has it got to be if that's what your your plan is? And Seminole, you've got this great golf course that you're going to play. We've talked about it many times on this podcast. The amateur game has, they play at such great places compared to the pro game because they don't need the infrastructure. And they're playing at Seminole, which is such a great thing. And to go down with the virus and not play what, three quarters of a, of the the golf is tough. They're yeah. drafting in subs, weren't they, to kind of make up the make up the numbers? I mean, you know, it, some of those guys must have felt super ropey out there. Um, Quite a curious turn of fate, actually, as well, because I think they were saying that Martin Slumbers was saying that normally they actually would only travel with one reserve, but because of COVID, they were traveling with three reserves each, and that actually, you know, was needed because there were plenty of people who couldn't um couldn't play so that yeah it's a very very different walk cup for several several reasons um but yeah i mean what do we think of seminal i think <laughs> going off on a slight tangent here what did you boys think to because i think uh, no correct me if i'm wrong but when we last spoke about it for the tailor-made driving relief thing probably about a year or so ago now wasn't it with dustin mm. um, yeah. ricky matt wolf and, and rory um I got, I got the impression you weren't all that impressed by it. Well, to gauge, isn't it? I think on TV. Uh, do you know what? I think if they, if they hadn't told me it was the same course, I don't think I would have recognized it. Right. The first one had a higher production value, first of all, because Taylor made a load of money at it. It had a, you know, you got towers and everything going on. And it was a bit, Maybe it's just the time of year and the weather conditions, but it seemed more manicured when they did the tailor-made driving relief. This time around, it just it just seemed like to 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 the ill-informed like myself, like Seminole had just gone right. It's match play; anything goes. Let's just turn this up to level ten and see what they can do with it. And it looked rock hard. 
I'm not sure I subscribe to that. I think it does look the same course. I didn't, I did personally, I watched it. I was like, yeah, that's pretty familiar with what we watched on the Taylor made thing. It's clearly such a good golf course, but it does show you how the TV, it's just don't judge anything by what you see on the box because mm. you, you could say the same of loads of courses. be like, wow, I really want to play there. And you get there and you're like, actually, this is pretty average. So many people can't be wrong. It's obviously a blisteringly good golf course. It just looked, it doesn't look amazing when you watch it on TV, but my mm. God, those greens looked absolutely absurd, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was reports that they're rolling up to 15 feet. I mean, that's... Um, oh, that's, what, that's what a stimp is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, par was winning holes, like you said, Bruce, on the WhatsApp numerous times, I will add. It oh, was like, mate. there goes, yeah. the par. Par's just winning holes here every time. Okay, hang on. I've got some stats for you. I've done a little bit of digging on this. So, Oh, okay. fantastic. No, okay. it always, always we counts on you to come well prepared. So, on the final day, the singles, I'm going to talk you through the player who won the match, which country they represent, uh, the score, and what they were to par when they won. Now, this is the interesting bit. It's that bit at the end. So, because that assumes they get gimmies even if they're at the hole, then, does it? Yeah, well, it's they're given it, given the scorecard. So, if they were going to hole in like a, yeah, if they lose to a par, that's the best they could have been then, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe Long was given a double bogey on 18 from about five feet. So, you know. <laughs> okay. So we've got uh, Austin. I'm going to have to pause in front of me because I'm going to have to read it. So you've got Austin Eckroat for the US, seven and six. Yeah. So what's that? Finishing on the 13th, the 12th, 13th? Yeah. So yeah. two under. Strong performance. Oh, yeah. That is good. Pearson Cooley, US, three and one, finished level. Fair. This is, this is where it gets fun. GB Alex Fitzpatrick, best player in the seat on the side as well. <laughs> Joe Long, GB and I, won one up on the 18th. He was six over. <laughs> um, Matty Lamb, GB and I, two up. He was two over, par. Uh, Barclay Brown and Quaid Cummins tied. They were both one over, par. Uh, Angus Flanagan, GB and I, one up. He was one over. Ricky Costello, US, Astillo. three over. Castillo, US, two and one. He was three over. Jack Dyer, GB and I, he won one up. He was eight over par. He beat Tyler uh, Strafaccia eight, at eight over par. He was eight over par. Cole Hamer, Hammer, Hammer. US, four and three. Uh, legend. He was four under. That's quite an impressive score on there. Jesus. Um, and, and a shout out to Ben Schmidt, who... Um, Obviously, shook hands on the fifteenth or whatever, but he was actually level par, which would have won most other, most yeah. other. Uh, wow! Things. And Stuart Hagerstadt won for the US four and two. He was one under, but the average winning score was one point five over par. I mean, these boys to win a to win a tournament at this level to shoot one point five over par is yeah. I mean, they're all shows up blisteringly actors, difficult. Yeah. This is I, yeah. I mean, you take the best players there. That I know there's a discrepancy on paper between the sides, but there's still plenty of representation from like top 40, top 20 in the world, um, world amateur golf rankings. So hmm. they're going to be the kind of stalwarts of the PJ tour you'd expect yeah. in, in years to come. So, uh, you know what, those scores actually seemed better than, than what I, what I imagined. Cause uh, yeah. I was watching a lot of 17 and 18 and I mean, 17, that, green was like an upturned saucer it's like our sixth hole of blackwell but from 190 yards and they hit sort of five and six sign in 
one one hopping it over the green it's just death isn't it and what was the other par three where <laughs> map um alex was fitzpatrick, 15 wasn't it yeah and alex yeah. Uh, alex fitzpatrick hit it in the bunker and paul lazing is like he's dead no chance <laughs> absolutely dead give the hole over to pearson cody so i'm surprised that the scoring was that good to be fair um but you gotta remember that's the that's the the, the, the first two won so and it's also the best because it assumes that yeah. if the others are out the hole and they they've got to look at it from birdie, even if it's twenty feet, yeah. it goes down the card as a three. So there's yeah. some vat. So, yeah, there's some vat yeah. there, isn't yeah. there? And, yeah. And it's it's also like you say, once we said on the WhatsApp, it's it's if you parge your way around, I think you 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 win in most matches. And that's I'd love to see. I think, think you win all of them. Pros would have shot there because. I watched a little bit and I think there was a, well, I watched a lot of it to be fair, but the bits I was watching on the, on the closing stretch, the only thing I found difficult to watch was there was like a, a constant cycle of them short-siding themselves. And I couldn't help but think top flight PGA tour player would not keep repeatedly short-siding themselves with these mm. greens. I don't know whether that's just my own like armchair the wind bias. Was up as well. Like, it's like, like for an example, the 18th, the wind was howling off the left. And you could see them all playing for that to howl off the left. And pretty much like 70% of the field missed that green left. I could you know, not like, believe that. Yeah. And off the tee as well. Like, I mean, Joe Long is just hit an absolutely <laughs> that, that's the best hole ever. <laughs> rattlesnake hook into the bund. And you're thinking, okay, well, he's probably going to struggle here. You know, he's taken his drop, chopped it into the green side bunker, slightly short side, like not gray. John Pack, who, John Paul, Pack. Paul Azing has just given John Pack an absolutely glowing recommendation saying this is one of the straightest hitters ever. And I mean, yeah, I think he was low amateur perhaps at Wingfoot, the US Open last year. So I can believe it. And he's just stepped up and just hoiked this thing into the, <laughs> into the bund left of the green. Then had no shot, dunged it in the bunker, chopped out, looking at a double or a triple as it was he's conceded. And you're just like, wow, that is, you know, mm. clear, clearly the conditions are just really, really difficult and, and, and wreaking havoc with people's kind of shot selection. And if it's a hard left to right win, maybe they're just kind of double crossing it. And uh, there was a lot of shots left, I thought, coming, coming in. There are a lot of shots that went left. Is it not entertaining, do you find, watching that sort of stuff? It's got, I find it more fun watching them struggle like that, which almost tells me how good match play can be when they turn it up difficult. Well, well, what's your take? You can only do it on match play, can't you? Like, yeah. If you put a stroke play event there, first of all, the pros, you say, what do you think the pros would do around there? I just don't think the pros would play it. They've got this habit, you know, where was it? Was it Chambers Bay where they, they grew the rough up and then they, they just went mental, like, Really, yeah, like the, green, the, green, the, the greens as well. The greens got away from him, yeah, yeah, and 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 they just kind of throw their toys at the pram, and then the USGA reacts. Whereas in match play, you can get away with it because there is it's mano a mano essentially, and you can just do what you want to the course, and you're all facing yeah. the same thing. You've all got to deal with it. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, I was flicking back and forth between the Walker Cup and 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 Quail Hollow, and. I was actually enjoying the Walker Cup more, I think. Yeah. What I liked about the course, though, just to come back to your earlier point, Sam, is that it actually seemed quite generous off the tee. Yeah. So um, it, it didn't look like you were going to really get yourself in a lot of difficulty off the, off the tee. And that's why the misses down 18, I thought, was so surprising because you had like, it looked like you had a thousand yards right of the, the fairway to miss that's it. All yeah. You, play. you can blow, yeah. blow it up there. Yeah. Um, 
but but actually, you know, for a really, really good player, there's quite a high premium on being in the right part of the fairway. So although you can get away with carving a bit, actually it's just going to make your short game shots and approaches to the green just a lot more demanding. I think it was Ben Hogan who said like, I think he said um, Seminole tests every aspect of your game. I mean, he's, he spoke of it, uh, you know, in really, really high regard. So yeah, it's great to see another event there and great to see them just turn it up to 11 and, and, and make these guys really grind it out. One thing I did notice about Seminole that you just don't see, or I certainly don't see on TV in America, was just a sheer quantity of plugged lies. I don't know if that's something to do mm. with the way that they maintain their bunkers or the sound that they use or what, what's going on there, but you just don't see that in America, that just every, like poor Paul Fitzpatrick. I mean, he had about <laughs> three on the spin is a three holes. Yeah. I mean, complete Andy Johnson's. Yeah. I mean, he was, um, he, it was the best one was on, is it the, I'm trying to remember now, is it something like about the 15? He's, he's got the third plug line on the spit. He's gouged one out across the back of the green. It's gone to the very back. He's chipped from the back, straight down the chute. It's rolled over and back into another bunker. And he walks over to the ball and goes, there's one plugged as well. Let's <laughs> roll in. Um, yeah, it was absolutely outrageous. Who stood out for you from the guys you watched? Because this is, you know, clearly they're not all going to, some won't even pursue a career in the professional game. Who, st- who stood out to you just on the, on the little you watch of them and their careers? Mm. Cole Hammer just looks like a bit of a mm. bit of an assassin, doesn't he? I mean, he I'm pretty sure he's uh didn't he make it the qualifying at the USA when he was like 15 or something absurd? Really? Um didn't he's probably that. still quite young. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like a really, really young qualifier for the uh for the US Open. Um he yeah, he just looks absolutely nails on in a match play situation. Um so yeah, he 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 looked like a like he's gonna be a star of the future. Um, from the GBNI side, I thought uh, Angus Flanagan. I mean, mm. quick, quick player and just no, no nonsense. No fucking about. What's that? Yeah, Straight yeah. out. Yeah, quite like watching him play. How about you guys? I did like Castillo. I thought he was. I thought he was solid. There was. Mm. Um, there was some. As I flicked over for the first time, I've only just discovered Sky Sports Mix, which they were doing a. Mm. Full time on, so I was sort of flicking on red button. It was very frustrating. Then I flicked across to mix, and as I do it, he just flags this approach for eagle. I was like, "Hmm, this guy knows what he's doing, doesn't he?" They were, yeah, that was nails. What's really interesting about the Walker Cup is you get the, you know, you're looking at people, and there's, you know, tradition would say or history would say that half of these people, or at least a quarter of these people, you're going to be looking at in five years, like Bryson or you know other people that have gone on to to become huge names. And it's the fun bits picking out who they're going to be, isn't it? You know. We could all pick pick random names, but hmm. some of these. Who's going to be the the Morikawa and the Hovland and the Matt Wolf of of the, the future? In two um, years' time, people are going to be going through the Cookie Jar podcast archives and going to be saying they were absolutely <laughs> bang on the money here. You know, Cole Hammer yeah. was one. You know, speaking of PJ Tour, though, I think um, we've absolutely got to do a, a full blown dissection on Quail Hollow now, haven't we? Mm. Not only because um, Rory's he's back. back, he's back, Rory's back, and we were, you know, we were all. Um, Questioning the next five it tournaments. earlier in the year, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Sam's lumped down half his savings on Rory to win the PGA, so um, he's remortgaged his house. Yeah, come on then, let's take it from the top. Mills, give us your give us your two penneth. 
Rory's good at golf, isn't he? As far as it goes, it was, um, I like the course. I very much like the course. It looks, it's a good course to, it's a nice stretch. I like 14, 15. It gets interesting. Drivable par four, reachable par five. And then it's like, hold on to your hats. That last round was, was very compelling watching. It's the last time in a very long time that I can remember Rory in, in a grind I suppose, you know, not like just leading freight, leading by loads and just blowing out the park, you know, came from behind and just ground and ground. I think it helped the fact that Mitchell was in his group. And I also think it helped the fact that Mitchell uh, has yet to win on the PGA. Um, oh, I'm not sure that's true. No, is that's, it? That's, that can't be right. That was a that strong is, thing. Yeah. That's that a, where the hell did you pull that thing from? Because yeah, he's one of the, he won two weeks. Like, he won two Shit. weeks on spin a few years ago, um, didn't he? Okay. Like I can okay, I think up. that is I think that's also wrong, but you guys pull it up. I can just Honda twenty nine. I can do this all the time. Yeah, Honda twenty nineteen. I pulled it. Yeah. Okay. Hasn't won kept in a long time on the PGA. <laughs> and, um, I just it was good to see. Like he I think the difference for me was he putt well. He, he putt well. really, really, really well. He putt well or he putted well? Can we we need to take that out to a poll yeah. surely on the story yeah. this week? So, is it a poll or a poll? He, he putt well. I, th- I think I think the several days you've been spending uh, editing and creating stuff for our website before we started to start the show at signs. He he uh, his putting stats was something like I think season to date something like 140th on tour putting went into like five or six or seven or something last that weekend. Um, I think it's remarkable how someone can have such little confidence in their game. Go take themselves off the grid for what four weeks, six weeks, something like that. I know he might have played an event in there somewhere, but pretty much since the match play, that might be his first start. I'm not sure, and goes out and wins, having basically almost taken his own head off in front of the media by saying, "Yeah, I was trying to hit it too hard." Bryson got in my head, and then turned mm. up and played great golf. I thought it was remarkable. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's. Um... A couple of things. He's definitely worked hard at his game. I think there are some notable noticeable changes to his swing, which a lot of, um, well, a few really good instructors have picked up on. Um, and also, you know, it sounds trite, but the fact that he's got a neck spasm on a Wednesday and, and didn't think that he'd probably be teeing it up and has had a kind of mediocre opening round, it's probably just really eased the pressure on him. It's just a little bit more a little bit of weight, the weight of expectation that's kind of been lifted off his shoulders to a certain degree. And I think that's freed him up. But isn't that typical Rory just to noodle one round on the first round and then just go fire? Mm. He does do that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's steady golf, wasn't it? I mean, 66, 68, 68, like it wasn't to start with, isn't it? Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like he just played lights out. Like he's played consistently really good Mm. golf there. I mean, People like Anser made a pretty pretty solid charge yeah. at the end, didn't they? And yeah, that was um, insane, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, Keith Mitchell played golf, but played great golf. I, by the way, I did not realise how far Keith Mitchell hits the golf ball. Did mm. you? A long way. I had I no know. idea he was that long. I thought um, he'd hit it further. I, I didn't. I mean, McElroy's hitting the ball a stupid distance. I mean, yeah. because I, I was like, yeah, Keith Mitchell, he's a big hitter, but his ball speed was nowhere near what Rory was um was knocking out there with driver. Like he. I say nowhere near. I mean, it's all relative, but um, he's clearly for all the talk about, you know, trying to get back to his blueprint and not chase too much distance. Certainly some of the distance that he packed on when he was in the kind of Bryson 
phase um, has stayed with him because he was pounding the ball out there. Like his his ball speed with a three wood was like north of 172, which is pretty absurd. Um, most guys don't even hit that with driver or a lot of guys, you know, only just hit that with driver. Remarkable stuff. What was the take on 18? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, funnily, I, I thought it was funny how... Um, kind of panic stations understandably when he's hoiked it left into uh, the hazard and sitting down terribly and it looks like he couldn't get a wedge on it and he started taking his stance on the downhill line it's just looked really really ugly and him and Harry Diamond their accents have just intensified in sounding even more Northern Irish haven't they (laughs) (laughs) which I found quite amusing (laughs) Um, it's the but obviously, obviously they might. Yeah, they made the right the, the right decision, but clearly there was a little bit of panic in their in their voices when he took the drop and then um, and then he noodled that eight iron up to the green, and you're like, oh, okay, Noodled. he's on the green now, yeah, 170 yard eight iron, and then you're like, he hits a long way from the hole though, and this doesn't look like an easy two putt. To be fair, like work wasn't done when he was on the green, was it? No. No, it was almost like the kind of final test, really, in yeah. that the putting is the thing that's kind of plagued him. Yeah, um, is, more, than, more than some of the other aspects. Yeah. The um, scar tissue there would have been too much to come back from. I think if you blow that there, when yeah. there's so much built up for the return return win, and obviously it's a place that means a lot to him, you know, as you know, he's just performed well there throughout his career, hasn't he? So yeah. if you blew it from that, you've got to think the scar tissue that you get is just like, oh, God, where'd you go now? Um, Some interesting points for, yeah, further discussion though, in that a lot of people are now saying, yeah, well, he's going to be favourite going into the PGA. I, I, I think it's interesting he's trying to play a fade with his driver as someone who's historically always been a, a, a drawer of the golf ball. Um, that that's I, I think that's quite interesting to me. And and the work he's doing with Pete Coward, it's like, yeah, that's, that's probably... Well, it'd just be interesting to see how that kind of sticks around. And obviously he's worked really, really hard at it. Um, but the stuff What is he kind doing? Of... What what like I've got no idea what he's doing. You're obviously close to like these four in the ball to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he can't spell fade, can he? Well, he said so he said that he, he said that he's trying to hit fade with driver, and certainly, yeah, from going on some of the shot tracer evidence mills, I think you are right in that he was turning a few of them right to left. Um what it seems that what he's work, been working on. So he, I think he mentioned in his interviews that you talked about the interview where he took his own head off by talking about Bryson and chasing distance, Sam, which is a little harsh, but in that same interview, he just said his swing had gotten a little bit too flat and deep, his backswing, um, which I think, you know, as a, a couple of interesting coaches have pointed out because of the way he um, starts his downswing with quite a dynamic lower body and, he essentially has quite, if you really want to get into the technical weeds, he has quite a late mm, lead, lead arm load. So his left arm loads across his chest quite aggressively, um, which means that if he does that, if he gets a too flat a backswing and he has that very late arm load, his right arm gets quite trapped on the way down. He kind of gets this punching action at the ball to try and square the face, which is coming from fairly under plane that leads to a lot of the hooks that he was struggling with. I mean, some of the shot traces from the players when he was just hitting these things like 30 yards left with a huge amount of hook on the ball into some of the, the water around sawgrass. That's ultimately what that's come from. So people have pointed out how since he's been working with Cowan and over the last three weeks, his backswing has gotten a little bit more upright, which means that when he puts in that very, very sort of um, dynamic uh, 
transition, everything's a bit more kind of uh, in front of him on the way down. He's not as trapped and stuck underneath it. So there you go. Uh, if, nothing, if that's what you're after. <laughs> nothing, nothing to add so, there, young man. <laughs> so why is he fading? He put, he put well. He put well. He did put well. The fade, the fade's an interest, but to come back on the fade, though, the fade's an interesting one because, um, yeah, he's he's just never really done it, and I think it's maybe feel and reels an interesting interesting point dis- discussion point to, to to make there because um, he's maybe feeling a fade, but as you were saying, Mills, like you've not seen a fade before that that moves he, he uh, right to left, <laughs> right to left fade. It's just yeah. magnificent. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, you know, jury's out on whether that'll stick around, but it's just great to see him back, isn't it? Great to see him back winning. Mm. But um, no, it was uh, the, the, the standard improvement though. I mean, his swing's always been good. Like he has had a bit of a weird thing. Was his putting 51 from 51 from within six feet. That's going to get it done. Isn't it? That is nuts. But, mm. Again, I'd like to know how many of those are like inside two feet, for example, or inside three feet, which is still impressive. Uh, but yeah, it's probably there. an indication that yeah. his first putt's also, you know, he's, he's putting himself mm, under less lag pressure. Lag good. Yeah. 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 Which, they're big greens there, aren't they? It's, it's, they're complicated stuff. I mean, I saw Keith Mitchell on, is it the seventh hole? He left himself from about 40 feet. He left himself about 25 feet for birdie, um, mm. which was, again, pretty outstanding effort i think for a putt of that length but um yeah i mean like great seeing back and the, the, the fact is like i i think all of this stuff is week to week on pga tour it's been slightly controversial here it what matters is the majors isn't it let's face it mm. you know rory mm-hmm. wants to go out and you know these guys want to win major tournaments it's a step in the right direction for sure yeah. like that's a, it's a massive thing to to get some confidence there everyone's going to be gunning for him um you know, in a couple of weeks' time, be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a place he's obviously got the. I think he's got the record margin of victory at the PGA it's, Championship, hasn't full he? Stop, yeah, yeah. Full stop. Um, not just at Kiowa. Eight strokes. Yeah, eight shot margin of victory in in twenty twelve. So seven was Jack Nicholas. That's a great, obviously, a great place for him to go back to. He's gone from Quail Hollow, which is where he's broken the drought and the first place he's notched three wins on the PGA Tour to another place that he's won at. So that'll be fascinating watching. Um, I want to, there's one golfing highlight from the week we haven't touched on yet, which may for many of our listeners not be on their radar yet. Does anyone know what it is? Is it Keith Mitchell's pre-shot routine? No, it's not. (laughs) Tom, do you want to hazard a guess? I'll give you a clue. It's, It's amateur golfing and it's match play golf. Uh, have you won the first round of the scratch knockout? No, but it is related to knockout golf at our home golf club. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Ah, uh, right. yes. No, I know what you're so, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable yeah. stuff comes through on the WhatsApp on Tuesday night. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, like, we, we will, we will protect airtime. We will protect our members' anonymity here. But I mean, it needs, it needs to mention it, it's yeah, got yeah, to yeah. go on the pod, yeah. hasn't it? So, two of the young guys at the golf club have put in a what seems like a pretty stellar performance for 18 holes. It's foursomes knockout. They're playing against uh, our captain and... You need to give them a pseudonym. Okay, well, what are we going to call them then? Like Ned and <laughs> Ned and Sam. Okay, it's not me, <laughs> but let's... Put no, Ned no, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So these two lads are playing against our captain and another member of the golf club who is fiercely competitive, isn't he? I mean, 
You know, he, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a ultimate jouster. It's going off down the playoff hole. They've played 18. Uh, they've obviously halved after eight. They've played 19th playoff hole, halved. 20th playoff hole, halved. The third at Blackwell is about 430-odd yard, par four, dogleg right, over a burn. You play up to the green, two-tiered. It's Toughest without hole doubt, on the course, yeah. Without doubt, the hardest hole on the course. He's drained it from 189 yards to win the hole. With his second shot, truly two, remarkable stuff. Two net one, two net one, wasn't it? You said I don't need the shot. I'm sure an eagle would have got it. Insane, done yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it sounds <laughs> even more ridiculous. Though. It sounds, sounds even more ridiculous though, doesn't it? Well, it's not a neg though, is it? Um, <laughs> walk off, one. walk off, eagle. Yeah, insane. On the twenty-first hole, just threw his bag down. Go pick that up. Give it to Jordan Spieth. Go pick that up. Yeah, I've never <laughs> drained one from 190. I, I think I Absolutely might not. hold on about 160 from the fairway when I was a kid. 190 <laughs> and to pull it out, at, you know, at a clutch moment like that. Mm. It's uh, absolutely absurd. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Um, what Congratulations, to Ned and Sam. <laughs> yeah. God, talk about ruining such a great story with pseudonym names. Christ. Um they're going to listen to it as well, aren't they? Just you know, quite rightly haul us over the. I don't think I don't think they listen to the podcast. It's fine. Haul, haul us over the coals for it. <laughs> um, what else to report? Um, well, Belfry this week. Yes, the story. The story of a golf club. Many would argue. Um, yeah, it would be quite a good story of golf club. To be fair. <laughs> um, it is. It would be. It's a very interesting one. Um, you know, it's kind of the birth of the resurgence of you know, the Ryder Cup in a competitive environment with the European team. But mm. the British Masters, um, which is actually usually, I think, quite a good event as well. So I'll mm. definitely be trying to watch some of that. Mm. Yeah. We've also released uh, part one, the driver fitting uh, in our new series of uh, videos, which you can, if you are interested in the process of getting fit for a driver, we were lucky enough to go up and get fit. And you can watch the process, the questions that we asked, the type of things that we were looking for when we were having our driver. Clearly, it was very different uh, for each member, what they were looking for. But Dan did a stellar job at identifying yeah. to um, to improve upon. And I mean, Sam, they found you some yards in your driver, didn't they? Yeah, let's talk about it because it, it is interesting, actually. If, if Because usually my golf is quite interesting. To <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine why it... Why, why you'd uh, hesitate to talk about your own golf? It just puts a spotlight on your own game, though, doesn't it? Like, like when he said, "Oh, you're carrying it two two five, I was like, "Right, okay, that's slightly different to my expectation." It's not, um, it's not actually what it's not actually what you said, though, was it, Sam? You said, "Is this trackman broken?" You said, is, is, "Is this trackman broken?" Well, <laughs> that's, he has subsequently right. come back and said, "There's some software stuff that needs to be updated on it." So I'm pretty, I'm <laughs> certain we're going to get that trackman that Dan Morris is at TaylorMade fixed. Anyway. Um, I've noticed such a big difference in the with the big dog out of the course. Like all of a sudden, being able to hit it above head height is an enormous advantage, isn't it? Mm. Um, and just like the benefit of getting a proper fitting on this stuff, like you know, it just feels really stable. It feels like it, it just feels totally different, but but really good. I'm kind of quite comfortable with it. So I've got the with the Sim Two Max with uh, is it Al Aldea Aldea. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the the pr- pr- correct pronunciation. I should say. Yeah, six gram stiff. That that is working an absolute treat. I'm not big mm. on equipment. To be honest well, with Sam's you. Sam's previous history with a driver is when he was about 
25, he shook hands with an old boy at the golf club and changed, <laughs> swapped, swapped clubs on the spot. And he's like, yeah, it's been working fine for me. I've had it for 10 years. Literally, no idea. It has idea. worked great. It has worked great. <laughs> on Link's course, yeah. I mean, carrying it 220 and running it out 50 yards is... Uh... Yeah, but you've got to remember where it came from. So, like, I couldn't hit a driver for about six or seven years. I was hitting rescue words <laughs> off the floor and I was taking trenches out of tee boxes. And then I bought one off the rack. I couldn't keep the thing on the planet. And then switched it with, you know, one of the guys at the club and subsequently started playing quite good golf. It's an easier game when you can hit the fairway, isn't it, to be fair? So, you know, that made a big difference. And I get quite what? nervous changing equipment. Whereas you're, I think you, you're both much more open-minded to it. Like, I mean, what's your... Well, no, because I, I, you know, made myself look like the classic fool, didn't I? By saying, yeah, I don't think, I don't think my irons are going to need much tweaking. And then I came away with a new set of irons, Giddy's a kipper. So <laughs> I, I'm the same as you in that I'm pretty kind of rooted to my equipment. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not some, some big equipment jockey. But yeah, the, the having the data there and, and having someone like Danny there to explain it to you and to kind of relate your feels and um, maybe some of the, the, the kind of, things that you know about your own golf game and for him to relate that to the sort of technical aspects of club fitting and, and building the right equipment for you. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant experience, wasn't it? Have you seen a difference on the driver, Bruce? Was um, it been fairly sort of on par with what you, so you've I gone think, from yeah. the Epic flash of you? Yeah. I had an Epic, I had a Callaway uh, Epic flash and so yeah now gone to the sim 2 uh i think i can fade it a bit easier which is nice i like to hit a little bit of a, a fade when i can so that's definitely like nice feeling that in the locker um maybe a tiny bit more ball speed um and a tiny tiny bit more carry but certainly certainly not in the realms of of what you were, were but you were with. you were always a good you had good ball striker the driver when you that wasn't really a weak part of your game to start with was it it's more of the dispersion, yeah, I guess. Just feeling like, yeah, if you really need to hit the fairway and you just want to hit a little squeezy fade out there, it just feels easier doing it with the setup I've got now. So that's, yeah, I'm delighted. Delighted with what that. What about yours, Mills? Um, because you, you, your stuff's not on the, on the film. Yeah, the viewers have, have noted. I've started having yeah. WhatsApp saying, where's, where's Mills' is fitting? This is, we want to see yeah. the high handicappers. Mm. And with that, what? what mm. I mean, the front, the front, the person doing the front camera got it all, didn't they? So it was just, mm. the, oh, sorry, the person doing the back camera. No, no, no you're right. You're right. You're right the first the person, time. The person <laughs> doing the back camera got it all. So the down the line shots are absolutely money. But mm. um, no, that's, that's the complete wrong way around. For our listeners, who care? Um, <laughs> uh, as, as the as the lead videographer of the group i kind of take the lead when it comes to filming and and those sorts of things and i had everything set up ready for my all you got to do it the only videographer i suppose all you got to do is stand next to this camera and press record and that task seemed too difficult for my for my teammates so um, oh hang on hang on I, I i was i was there down the line just the down you know. the line one's the one that's missing we got the one in front can we talk about the driver okay, rather well, than the lack okay, of the okay, videography okay. work? The so talk <laughs> us. So you, your swing is just to be really clear with our listeners. Your stuff about your fitting is not on there because me and Bruce were meant to be manning those cameras and making sure they're recording. And you I'll went hold to go my hands up. I wanted to go and look at the putters. Bruce wanted to go and look at the putters. We disappeared <laughs> for twenty minutes. We came back. The cameras weren't rolling, and subsequently, yeah. we haven't got the fitting stuff. Just, just okay? as an extra added clarification. Let's brush past after this. After I've been there for two and a half hours looking at you twat swinging golf clubs for two and a half hours when it was my half an hour which is a fifth of the overall time 
You want oh, here we go. Shot. Anyway, firing shots as much as possible. Yeah, two two hours. Anyway, I mean um, the fitting. Yeah, the, 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 the fitting film begs to differ, mate. You're you're there. This is thirty five minutes of you getting on your soapbox talking about how hard you find it to hit driver. Oh, I can't get it above head height. Right, come on, Mills. Talk to us about the driver um, only, not the irons. We're doing irons next week, are we? I think so, yeah. Okay. Driver, uh, for me, I... Can we talk about the collection of timber? Sorry. Can we just talk about the collection of timber? Oh, do we have to? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like Keith Mitchell. I carry a driver, a five wood, and a six and a half week wood. Did you hear this on the commentary? He carries a six and a half. What's that? It's a seven that he doesn't want to call a seven. It's like the guy who says he's six foot when it's actually five foot 11, isn't it? Which again is is me. Um, So I've got a driver, a five wood and a seven wood. I come in, as Dan would explain, with quite a lot of, well, you you know the terminology. I'd take off the dynamic loft, low dynamic loft. Yeah, shaft lean, yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to the woods, I kind of attack down on it hit up on a driver, but attack down on the woods. So he said, like, forget about the number. Basically, the five, you hit a five like a three wood should fly. So for that reason, um, he offered me, you know, would I prefer a three iron or a seven wood? And for me, I'm not particularly good with irons anyway, so I went seven wood. And it is, I mean, it flies. It spins. Flies, yeah. It's high. It's so high off the deck. It is unreal. Yeah, I loved it um, when you were it's using not, um, par threes at round there. Oh, no, it was it round Cullen. You cast- played a par three hole off an elevated tee into wind, got in the car driving back, and he goes, really struggling with that seven wood. Like, particularly off the tee. I was like, yeah, you hit that thing straight into wind <laughs> on the tee. I'm just I'm surprised it didn't finish behind you. Yeah. There was a there was a, a, a hole at Castle Stewart that's 350 yards long that I played driver seven wood. <laughs> I mean, I, I am getting, and I'm not a great wind player. I'm getting a phenomenal amount of spin on my woods uh, as is. Um, I think user related. I hit the ball with my old driver very low. Um, I like squeezed it out there. Um, Dan said that basically I've never been fit for a driver, but I picked one up off the raff, rack and I messed about with the lost sleeve. It was was in a tailor made M4. And he said, basically, he said, have you ever been fit for this? And I said, no. He said, weirdly, um, for the way you swing your irons, if I was going to fit you in a driver, I would fit you in a 10 and a half, de-loft it to nine, which opens the face up a bit, and that's going to suit your swing, which just happened to be what I had, complete fluke. So he just basically upgraded that, went to 10 and a half, knocked it down mm-hmm. to nine, opens the, opens the face up a little bit. So I've got, uh, got that going on, and I'm hitting it. Okay, I think it's more user user error than anything else at this point in time. Just need to work on the. Screen. You look very fashionable doing it, though. You got the Michael Schumacher sort of Ferrari racing red shiny. shafts in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, shaft, very nice yeah. looking. I love that that little seven you've got, mate. I mean, I, I, yeah, I wish I'd kind of inquired after when we got to the second hour of my club thing. I wish, I wish I had a chance to work you on the seven. Plenty of time. But no, what I'd say, what I'd actually say is. Um, it's not even like, you know, Sam, you used to call that little chicken stick rescue wood, a little gentleman's, gentleman's persuader. persuader. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that the seven wood's just not like that at all. This is, you know, this is a this is an RPG, essentially. It goes off like a rocket and it's mm. um it seems a lot more 
in, impactful yeah. than a little my, little rescue. My problem is I'm not good enough to, if I've got, say, a 210-yard shot, so that's probably what I think my, my seven was going to come in at, 210, 215, something like that. If I've got that shot, I've never been able to fly one and stop it from that distance. Mm. It's just not in the... It's not in the bag. Like I can, I can roll it there from two fifteen. But this seven would uh, will be a club for me. We've got a the ninth of Blackwells, um, two one ninety, two ten, depending on where the pin is, and it's the last sort of fifty yards is all water. So that will be a club I think that will really suit suit me coming sort of playing that that stretch. So. Yeah. Series out. Need to play more golf. Need to improve the swing. We all need to. There's only so much tech can do, isn't there? Um, need to make sure the swing gets a little bit better. But need yeah, to but it's good, them. isn't it? I think it's reassuring. I, I, yeah, I took a lot from the driver fitting. Mm. Mm. Amazingly, you two didn't take as much by the sounds of it because no, no, I, I, I by I, accident, Mills <laughs> was on the right equipment. Mm. No, I think that's fair. Like, yeah. and also, Bruce, yeah. you're, you're quite dialed on this stuff already, and you got a lot more, I think, from the iron fitting, for example. Mills was a completely yeah. different revolution, the iron fitting and stuff. But I thought it was, um, yeah, like, I, yeah, just amazed at I, seeing I mean, how I've been playing with the wrong kit for so long. But, and you, yet yeah, you can be blissfully quite happy with it. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're you're an ego golfer, mate. Let's accept it. So if you're if you're carrying the driver further, you're just you're just absolutely loving that. I yeah. didn't carry driver any further coming away from that fitting, which I'm okay with, by the way. I am all right with not carrying driver any further. Hitting a fade with it though, I'm over the moon with that. Absolutely over the moon with being able to um to to yeah look down on the driver and just feel a bit more comfortable at actually hitting hitting the golf course. So yeah, we all um. Yeah, we all came away with something to be very, very happy about. So if you want to check that out, it's on YouTube right now. It's the TaylorMade Driver Fitting. Please do check it out. We've got the British Masters that we're going to be looking at next week, as well as talking about the iron fitting that we had done, which that film's being released a, on Monday the 17th. So as always, keep your ears peeled. And until then, Were you backing? we'll see you next time. Adios. Yes. I was really hoping I got more of a bite from you on that ego golf remark. Watch this.